welcome to this Touch podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Oncology. In this podcast, genitourinary medical oncologist Dr. Vadim Koshkin answers a series of questions on the potential for targeting HER2 in the treatment of urothelial carcinoma. This activity is supported by an independent medical education grant from CGen Inc. and is jointly provided by USF Health and Touch IME. Hello, everyone. My name is Vadim Koshkin. I'm a uh, GU medical oncologist at the University of California, San Francisco. Uh, where I help uh, co-lead the bladder cancer uh, program from the clinical side. And uh, a lot of my research focuses on uh, bladder cancer. What are the current unmet needs for patients with locally advanced or metastatic urothelial carcinoma? So metastatic urothelial carcinoma has been a very uh, dynamic treatment space and a treatment space with a lot of new advances just really over the past few years and literally over the past few months. Over the past few months, a a new regimen uh, has been approved for uh, frontline treatment of probably most patients with metastatic urethral carcinoma, and that's a combination of infortimavidotin and pembrolizumab. Uh, but it is important to highlight that most of these patients are still not cured, and most patients actually do not receive second-line therapy, which again, on the one hand, makes first-line therapy especially important and selection of frontline therapy, but also makes biomarkers very important and specifically highlights the importance of treatment selection for initial lines of treatment, and specifically areas in which we can use biomarkers to better select patients for uh, treatment with specific drugs. What is the status of biomarkers currently used in urothelial carcinoma? Uh, Currently, the only um, really uh, approved biomarker, I should say a biomarker that um, uh, informs therapy that is part of the standard of care, are alterations in FGFR3 because that indicates treatment with FGFR inhibitor uh, called ertafitinib. However, what we know is that in the real world setting, many patients are still not tested for this biomarker. And additionally, many patients who um, are potentially eligible based on the results of the testing actually do not end up getting uh, the drug ertafitinib that is indicated. Uh, We also know that uh, patients with um, tumors that have high tumor mutational burden, so highly mutated tumors, um, may have better outcomes with immune checkpoint inhibitor treatment. Um, We've been looking at PD-L1 as a biomarker in in metastatic urethia cancer, but that has been an inconsistent biomarker at best. So at this point, we really need better and additional biomarkers to select treatments for patients with metastatic urethia cancer. What is the rationale for targeting HER2 in urothelial carcinoma? So routinely, we don't unfortunately test as part of standard of care patients with metastatic urothelial cancer for HER2. However, just based on uh, you know recently uh, uh, published work, we're learning more and more that many patients with metastatic urothelial carcinoma do have expression of HER2 uh, in their tumor, and and a subset of patients actually have high expression. So specifically. Um, uh, there was a systematic literature review just uh, from a couple of years ago um, that um, the, took a look at basically all the published literature in this um, uh, uh, space and highlighted, again, the significant variability in uh, um, uh, testing paradigms. And so who tests and which tests they use, basically. But it did highlight that um, HER2 uh, 
uh, well, I should say first of all, patients with any HER2 expression probably represent, uh, at least across the, this um, systematic literature review, probably a third or even more of all patients. But moreover, patients with high HER2 expression, um, so high uh, degree of staining with immunohistochemistry with 3 plus or 2 plus and um, uh, FISH positive, those patients represent probably about 15% of patients as well. And so furthermore, there was another study actually that specifically took patient samples. So um, samples of patients with metastatic or advanced urethia carcinoma and used urethia carcinoma specific laboratory methods to investigate uh, specifically this question. So the HER2 expression in these tumors. And what um, um, actually I was involved in this study and what this study found was that um, almost half of all urethelial cancer samples had some degree of HER2 expression, so IHC of at least 1 plus. And again, about probably around 15 to 20% or so had high HER2 expression. And again, this is relevant because all these patients potentially may be eligible for newer generation uh, of, of HER2-targeted treatments that we will discuss subsequently. How is HER2 expression assessed in urothelial carcinoma, and what are the unmet needs in this area? So there are a number of ways that HER2 expression can be assessed. And in this, we've learned um, a great deal actually from other tumors where there's been a longer history of doing this, both in breast cancer and now in gastric cancers as well. Uh, the primary way of measuring uh, actually protein expression on the surface of the cells is through immunohistochemistry. Um, this is also confirmed with uh, fluorescence in situ hybridization, FISH. Um, Increasingly, as we also use more next-generation sequencing panels, including commercially available panels, we're able to detect the amplification of um, uh, genes that drive uh, HER2, high HER2 expression, namely uh, the amplification of the ERBB2 gene, which encodes for uh, the HER2 protein. But again, it must be highlighted, there's a current lack of standardized methods for assessing and defining HER2 status, specifically in urothelial carcinoma. There is ongoing research um, in this area um, uh, because there is significant need for standardization. Um, and additionally, we're learning more and more that other biomarkers detected on next generation sequencing platforms may also indicate high HER2 protein expression. Um, but again, much more needs to be learned about that. Does HER2 overexpression imply more aggressive disease biology? And is HER2 IHC a prognostic marker in patients with urothelial carcinoma? This is a great question. And here I must highlight that the data is pretty inconclusive on HER2 as a prognostic marker in urothelial cancer. Um, there are some studies suggesting that HER2 overexpression is associated with inferior outcomes. Um, but again, these have been uh, retrospective studies and um, or, or things like meta-analyses. And so I would say we really just need to learn more about what um, uh, high HER2 expression implies for the underlying biology of the disease. So how, how aggressive a given cancer will be. So I say at this point, it's, it's unclear whether we can reliably use this as a prognostic marker in urothelial cancer, the way it's used in some of the other cancers. But potentially, and if we have effective treatments, it could be used as a, as a predictive marker, potentially predicting responses to specific therapies. What HER2-targeted approaches are being investigated in urothelial carcinoma? The um, history of this actually 
um, uh, of, of specifically her two targeted therapies for urethelial cancer and for trials investigating these therapies dates back um, probably a decade or two. And there were various trials of um, specific HER2 antibodies like trastuzumab, also some tyrosine kinase inhibitors uh, like lapatinib um, in metastatic urethelial cancer that actually didn't produce the results we were hoping for, didn't show them to be very effective therapies. But increasingly, there are actually newer generation of agents, so antibody drug um, conjugates specifically, and I'll get a bit more into what those what um, those drugs are, um, that may be more effective and may be better drugs to target HER2 in metastatic urethelial cancer, in advanced urethelial cancer in general, and potentially in other malignancies as well. And so these um, antibody drug conjugates um, are complex drugs. They usually are um, essentially comprised of an antibody that targets a specific uh, protein, in this case, of course, HER2. And they're linked via linker, which can be a cleavable linker or um, a non-cleavable, uh, like a covalent linker. Um, they're linked via that linker to a uh, what's called a chemotherapy payload. So specifically the chemotherapy drug that is then delivered to the cell expressing HER2 in a targeted manner and um, produces the desired um, uh, therapeutic results and hopefully allows us to target a bit more selectively the tumor rather than um, normal tissues. What is the latest evidence for these HER2-targeted treatments in urothelial carcinoma? HER2-targeted drugs in urothelial carcinoma have um, shown a lot of promise and uh, Increasingly, we're generating more and more data uh, from actually clinical trials ongoing in this space right now. There are several antibody drug conjugates targeting HER2 that, um, although they're all antibody drug conjugates, actually actually differ quite a bit in their various properties, such as uh, what their uh, payload is, so the, the payload chemotherapy that is delivered um, uh, to tumors expressing HER2, and of course, well, what the linker is. Um, these drugs are also in um, different stages of development, and we have um, more data for some of them rather than others. So I'll focus on a couple of drugs with uh, the best data in this space right now, and uh, or perhaps the most mature data, I should say. Uh, one is a drug called Decidimavidotin, which is an anti-HER2 antibody linked via a cleavable, a cleavable linker to a payload um, of a drug called MMAE. Uh, which is uh, a taxane-type drug or a microtubule-disrupting agent. And so uh, with the citimavidotin, there has actually been studies done in China that had shown pretty robust responses, uh, particularly in patients with high uh, HER2 expression, so IHC 3 plus or 2 plus. Uh, the response rates there were uh, actually a bit over 50%. But with this drug, we've even seen um, responses in uh, tumors with lower HER2 expression. So uh, tumors that IHC1+, responses were still almost 40%. And so based on um, uh, these initial data that were generated, again, from trials in China, and this was you know well over 100 patients, um, so pretty robust data sets. But now we have further trials uh, ongoing that are global studies investigating the role of decitimavidotin in this patient population. Um, there's also trastuzumab durixtecan, which is, uh, of course, also an antibody um, uh, uh, drug conjugate with an antibody targeting HER2, but a different antibody than what decitimab has. This is specifically trastuzumab, a well-known um, 
or to targeting drug. And it's linked actually to a different chemotherapy payload, to a topoisomerase inhibitor. And so there was um, pretty robust data presented with this um, uh, drug as well in a large um, pan tumor study that again showed responses in HER2 expressing um, uh, patients uh, or in patients with HER2 expressing tumors, I should say, uh, response rates were about 40%. There are a few other antibody drug conjugates development as well, including terstuzumab duocarmazine. Uh, there's another drug called MRG002. Um, and um, uh, another drug called trastuzumab emtansine, which is also approved in breast cancer, has also been investigated. Um, activity of those drugs has been variable. Trastuzumab duocarmazine in a smaller trial had more, um, has had actually less robust activity. MRG002 uh, had more robust activity. But again, we, we just have to learn more about these different drugs. Um, uh, and uh, um, uh, generate more data basically from larger trials and larger data sets. Increasingly, these HER2-targeted antibody drug conjugates are also being investigated in combinations. Uh, and important combinations I'll note are those with immune checkpoint inhibitors. Uh, so decidimavidotin, which I mentioned earlier, was also investigated in combination with torpalumab, an anti-PD-1 antibody, also um, in a clinical trial done in China. This was about a 40-patient study, and response rates were pretty robust. They were around 70% um, with um, uh, uh, pretty reasonable long-term clinical outcomes as well. And again, this uh, robust response rate of about 70% is pretty similar to what uh, similarly designed trials of, for instance, in Fordmavidotin and Pembrolizumab have shown. So this really suggested that this... Um, uh, combination of antibody drug conjugate targeting HER2 and an immune checkpoint inhibitor um, uh, may have uh, you know a future going forward. Uh, Trastuzumab deroxtekin, the other antibody drug conjugate I mentioned earlier, was also investigated um, in combination with nivolumab. Um, here, um, the response rates were about what we see with um, uh, Trastuzumab deroxtekin alone. Although again, this is a somewhat different patient population, perhaps a, a more a more heavily pretreated patient population. But again, this just highlights that these different antibody drug conjugates um, uh, have different responses when combined with immune checkpoint inhibitors. And these responses are probably impacted by the various components of the drug, such as the type of linker used, uh, and of course, the type of payload chemotherapy used. How do you think HER2-targeted treatments may impact clinical practice in the future, and where will they fit in the current treatment paradigm? So HER2-targeting drugs are at this point not yet, not yet approved as a standard of care in uh, advanced or metastatic urothelial cancer, or really an, at any part of um, the urothelial cancer treatment paradigm. However, I really do think that probably might change in the future. We're having... Um, a greater and greater rec recognition that more uh, urothelial cancer tumors express HER2 and express it to a greater extent than previously appreciated. So there is really a subset of this population that probably will benefit from HER2-targeted therapies. And of course, patients with higher HER2 expression, again, that could represent somewhere between 15 to 20% of the population with metastatic disease overall. Those patients may derive uh, pretty significant and potentially even long-term benefits from treatment with HER2-targeting agents, um, either as monotherapy or in combination with immune checkpoint inhibitors. Um, so I really think that this uh, next generation of HER2-targeting drugs uh, may lead to changes in 
the standard of care for metastatic urethelial cancer. And that going forward, uh, we will see more um, of a patient selection based on biomarker like HER2 expression um, and potentially prioritize such patients for treatment with HER2 targeting agents. And I think that may be on the horizon even over the next you know, five plus years or so, so the relatively near future. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. Additional content on related topics can be found on Touch Oncology. Mm-hmm.